Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 104, Why Am I So Unhappy? It's March 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Why am I so unhappy? First of all, unhappiness or feeling unhappy is extremely common. Secondly, there are many, many, many valid reasons why you might be feeling unhappy that you might not be aware of. So the idea for this podcast is to help you have a breakthrough in your feeling unhappy so you can find a new pathway and move to happiness and feeling better. So If you're new to my content, I hope you'll visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway because that would make me happy and you could win some free stuff. My disclaimer is next, which is nothing I say in this podcast or in my YouTube videos or on my website or in my book or books is intended to be medical or therapy advice. I am not a therapist, I'm not a medical professional, and nothing I say is intended to be construed in any way as medical or therapy advice. If you are listening to this podcast and you are feeling hopeless or suicidal or life is just simply too hard for you, I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is one 800 273-8255. You don't need to feel ashamed or embarrassed, although you can, but there is a lot of help available and I promise you people will help you. So make that call if that's how you feel. My next note is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I have transcripts for my podcast on the rss.com website. Within about 24 hours or whenever they will appear, automatically. And what's coming to my website are also transcripts for my podcast. Currently, my podcast transcripts are only on the rsf.com platform, but I'm working on getting them also on my website. I am also working <laughs> I'm also working on speaking more clearly and working on my pronunciation so that you get a better transcript. So I hope you're going to bear with me. I'm working on it. I appreciate your patience. Now, I do have to make a little side note before I dive into this podcast because this was an unusual situation with this podcast. This podcast I originally drafted back in October and November of last year. And when I went to record it, 
it was like the universe saying, no, not now, like a clear and compelling, no, not now. I call those things like the nudges. I don't know what you call them. You might think it's either the universe or God or the Holy Spirit or whatever you think, but it was very clear I was not supposed to record this podcast last year. So then I looked at it in December and it was very clear, no, no, no. So I basically just put the podcast draft in my folder of working podcasts and forgot about it. And then over the weekend, I was thinking about "Mm, which podcasts am I going to do this week? And it came to me, it was time to do the Why Am I So Unhappy podcast. And I thought, hmm, isn't that amazing? Why is now an okay time to do it? Why was last year not the right time to do it? And one thing that I realized, much to my surprise, is that the majority of podcasts that I've recorded since November, including November, to the present time, all support this, or most of them support this particular podcast in some way. So I found that quite incredible, and it was very shocking, but so now now I get to do it uh, with only some minor tweaks. So anyway, that's my little sidebar about what happened with this podcast. All right, so I want to define unhappy. Unhappy is defined as not being satisfied or pleased with, which could be a situation, a person, an event, your life, etc. And interestingly enough, another definition in the dictionary is not happy. So there are varying degrees of being unhappy. There's mildly unhappy and there's hugely unhappy. And the synonyms for being unhappy include depressed, depression, despondent, being miserable, not happy, troubled, bleak, blue. Now, most people when they're feeling unhappy aren't happy about it. They're unhappy that they're unhappy. And what I'm asking you to do for this podcast and just in general is to bring some compassion to the table for yourself. If you're feeling unhappy, there's probably a really good reason for it. And I think balance later on in this podcast, some of those reasons uh, should be clear. They're common reasons. And I want you to be able to feel your feelings because sometimes when you resist an emotion or feeling or resist dealing with something painful, it doesn't go away. It, it sometimes what you resist will persist. So you could be unhappy because you're dissatisfied with your life. Well, that may be the case, or it may be something different. Like you have to sort out how, how are you feeling? Is it that you're unhappy? Is it that you're just in a funk? Are you just feeling kind of blah? You could have very mixed feelings in this umbrella of feeling unhappy. So I want to go over a list of reasons why people are unhappy. And there's, oh my gosh. Okay, let's just go right into this. So people are unhappy because they don't feel like they have been well-loved in life, or they do not feel like they are well-loved. They don't know how to be happy. They don't feel like they deserve to be happy, or they deserve happiness. They have hardships they are dealing with. Their life has been too hard for too long. They grew up in a dysfunctional family, and that never ends. They have been abused by one or more people in the past and haven't healed. 
They are in an abusive marriage or currently in an abusive relationship. Their feelings are not being validated by other people. In other words, their feelings are being invalidated. They have financial issues and problems. Their life didn't go the way they had expected or the way they had hoped. They had a dream that went unfulfilled, like getting married or having children or having a certain career. They are in a job that is not rewarding or otherwise makes them unhappy. They have low self-esteem. They lack assertiveness skills. They are not engaging in self-care. They don't have boundaries or they don't have healthy boundaries. Their inner critic has not been tamed and is raging on. They have a cognitive distortion, which they don't recognize or haven't dealt with. They hold disempowering attitudes or beliefs in life. They are suffering from depression, anxiety, negative thinking, ruminating, or catastrophizing. They lack emotional abilities or they are emotional reasoners. They lack strong coping skills for life. They are grieving because they have lost someone they loved and they haven't gotten their footing back. They are not setting goals and taking actions towards those goals. They are not using their time well. They haven't healed from a past trauma or traumas or a traumatizing event or situation. They have no energy and they don't know what to do to have more energy. They feel like a failure or think that they are a failure. They are not operating with integrity or character in their life. They are the family scapegoat. They are in a double bind situation. They are harshly criticized, judged, and condemned in life, seemingly no matter what they do. They have been treated unfairly in life. They don't trust people. Their money, assets, assets or property has been fraudulently or illegally taken or stolen. They are not in a great and loving relationship. They don't have enough friends. They feel trapped, and many people are actually trapped. They have a health issue or problem. They have a special needs child or adult that they care for. They compare themselves to others, other people, and come up short. They are a caregiver of any kind. People are not nice to them. They don't feel like they have a purpose in life. They've been lied to, cheated on, or betrayed. They let fear stop them from going after what they want. They have a dangerous person in their life. They have addictions or an addiction running their life and have not gotten into recovery or are in denial about the impact or level of their addiction. And they engage or they engage in negative thinking and hence use the self-defeating prophecy. That's 50 common reasons why people are unhappy and they're valid reasons for being unhappy. I don't know why you're unhappy. This is what we're talking about. Do you know why you're unhappy? You may know why you're unhappy and you may not know why you're unhappy. Is your feeling unhappy a constant? It's been kind of constant in your life or is this a blip in the radar? Is this something new or is this something familiar? It's helpful to understand why you're unhappy. It's helpful to understand the source of your unhappiness Although, I must say, it's not an absolute necessity to understand why you're unhappy or the source of it for you to be able to take actions to start being happy. So, as I begin, I'm going to get into some very common, the most common 
reasons or sources for unhappiness. But before I begin, I want you to kind of take a look at you, yourself, and your life and your history and ask yourself the question, do you have a history of being unhappy? And don't beat yourself up if you've been unhappy your entire life. There are people, old people even, who've been unhappy their entire life and they don't know why and they don't know how to be happy. So I want you to be compassionate, but I also want you to start to be introspective to look and see where are you on this issue? Is this a common thread? Is this something new? Is this something new in the last couple years, etc.? So next piece of this, I'm going to dive into briefly the top sources or reasons for people being unhappy, many of which people don't know. Like they don't know, oh, yes, that's why I'm unhappy. Like they just wouldn't, it, it's not in their awareness. The first area that's a source for great unhappiness, lots of wounds and lots of problems is dysfunctional families. According to the research, it's a very high percentage of American families that are fall into this category of dysfunctional. Some reports say 70 to 96 percent. I'm not sure anybody's really tracking it properly, but it's a high percentage. And dysfunctional families are, there's a wide, wide, wide array of behaviors that fall into the category of dysfunctional. One of them being love and affection not being present in the family. Well, that's very common. It's a very common issue. So according to Psychology Today, from February 3rd, 2020, they had an article that's titled Sibling, Bullying, and Abuse, The Hidden Epidemic. And this is a quote from that article. Up to 80% of youth experience some form of sibling maltreatment, yet it's been called the forgotten abuse. Therapists also fre frequently overlook it. Usually the perpetrator is an older child, often the eldest, exploiting the emotional dependence and weakness of a younger sibling. So here we have, and I did, I did talk to a friend of mine who's a therapist about this, and she was a little surprised the number was so high, as was I, but I went back and took another dive into some research and found even another report that had, had it being higher than 80%. So I think that, you know, we, we are not talking truthfully about what's going on in families of origin when the research seems to be pretty clear that a high percentage of young people are being mistreated or bullied at home. And for some people listening to this podcast, it will be too painful to admit that you had a crappy family. Like it will not, it's not something some of you will be able to do. Now, I hope if you did have a bad family, that you will be able to come to terms with it because of course it would be a source of deep emotional pain, deep wounds, and, and very likely traumas. So we're not talking about what's really going on in families of origin, but we know that a high percentage of them are very dysfunctional and we know that a high percentage of young people are being mistreated or bullied at home. These are reasons that sometimes will be 
below the surface and be a reason for deep unhappiness. When you can get scratch the surface and get to the real issue, you can start to get freedom and power. And I know that, you know, listen, people people don't have a dysfunctional family on purpose. It's a function of a lot of different things coming together. But what I'm talking about is why are you unhappy? If you were bullied as a child by your siblings or mistreated, that could be why you're unhappy. If you had a dysfunctional family like so many, that could be another reason. So we want to look at, it's very painful. This is the one thing that I'm telling you. Some people will never be able to come to terms with. It's too painful for them to face. They can't face the reality of either how their parents treated them or their parents' behaviors or their siblings. or like There's something in the family of origin they cannot face which is okay. It's not, it's not the most helpful thing in the world, but it's okay because that's normal. But what I'm suggesting to you is when you can name it and claim it, you begin to take back your power and it doesn't have a hold on you. But this is absolutely something that will continue throughout your life because dysfunctional families don't like heal and magically become healthy when you leave the house at 18 or whatever age you leave. No, dysfunction in families and bullying often in siblings continues throughout a lifetime. That's the typical pattern. That's usually what happens. So it's a lifetime of pain and suffering that could be the reason for you being unhappy. It also, by the way, sets the stage for the next thing, which is low self-esteem. So we have dysfunctional families being the norm. We have actually sibling maltreatment being the norm. If the statistics are correct, I believe they are correct, but this is not something people walk around talking about or admitting to for the most part. But one of the impacts of having a dysfunctional family or being mistreated by your siblings, either one or both, is low self-esteem. So you don't grow up feeling worthy. You don't grow up feeling loved and, and that you're worthwhile. Because, of course, if you have a dysfunctional family and your parents are doing things or your sibling, how could you let, like, it wouldn't be normal for you to grow up thinking, oh, yes, people love me, I'm worthy, I'm good enough. That's not what usually happens. We know that 85% of the population in the world, by the way, has low self-esteem. Well, look at how the statistics correlate. High, high percentage of families being dysfunctional, high percentage of young people being bullied. Maybe it's no accident that 85% of the population, according to all reports, has low self-esteem. So low self-esteem in and of itself, which can happen later in life. I mean, it's not all always because of a childhood experience or event. But Low self-esteem is a reason why some people are unhappy. Because what is low self-esteem? It's you don't feel good about yourself. You don't think you're worthy. You don't think you're deserving. You don't think you measure up. Of course that wouldn't feel good. Of course it doesn't feel good. And that would make you unhappy. So now we've got dysfunctional families and sibling maltreatment, which can contribute to the development of low self-esteem. But now we've got some different sources. Now the other thing about low self-esteem I just have to make a little mention of, 
I'm of the opinion, having worked with people for a very long time, many people who have low self-esteem, that low self-esteem is like a veil or a lens that all of life is filtered through. So you hear everything from your low self-esteem filter or lens or veil. And someone who has healthy self-esteem is not going to take life events, comments, statements, and actions the same way you do. That's my opinion. I've been reconfirming this out in the world. So far, I'm, all I'm getting is confirmation that's accurate because people who have healthy self-esteem don't take things personally and don't think they're being criticized all the time because they feel good about themselves. So it's very important that you understand low self-esteem besides not feeling good to you, besides possibly being the reason you're unhappy, changes and alters life in a meaning, meaningful way, which is not the best. Another source for people feeling unhappy is the way that they think. We typically don't walk around talking about different ways of thinking, but I am going to talk about it because I want you to have a breakthrough in being able to move away from feeling unhappy. So one of the ways of thinking that people sometimes have, actually it's very common, is irrational thinking. Irrational thinking is common. It's very common. And it is something you can easily, you can get over that, you can, you can deal with that and move to rational thinking. When you have irrational thinking, you are looking at life from a flawed perspective. You are looking at life through a distorted lens. My analogy is you're looking at life through a carnival funhouse mirror, except that you're not aware that there's a distortion in life. You're not aware that you're looking at life through a carnival funhouse mirror. Cognitive distortions is another term for irrational thinking. I have a whole podcast about that. There's a, there's a slew of variations for irrational thinking. And if you're looking at life through a flawed perspective, if your view of life is flawed or, you know, warped in some way, that could easily turn back around and leave you feeling unhappy easily. So if you have irrational thinking, that could be why you're feeling unhappy. So that's one area in the thinking category. Now, there's something else in the way people think that can lead people to feel unhappy or very unhappy, which is kind of, so I'm going to give you some different ideas of thinking that people do that leads to unhappiness. So negative thinking, ruminating, brooding, catastrophizing, overthinking. They often, by the way, travel in a pack. <laughs> they often come together. Maybe not all of them, but they frequently come together. And what we know from the research is negative thinking, brooding, ruminating, overthinking, catastrophizing can contribute or lead to depression and anxiety. So if you happen to be someone who is a negative thinker or you overthink or you brood or you ruminate or you catastrophize, 
this this is something that you might think, well, I can't control that. I've been that way my whole life and I'm 28 or I'm 48 or I'm whatever. You can actually learn to control your mind and your thinking. That may be a new idea for you, but it has been written about since the beginning of time. There are many, many actually ways you can learn to control your mind. And I have a podcast on learning to control your mind, which gives you some ideas. I don't go through all the different ways. I just give you my idea and mention some of the other ones. But this is contributes to and can be the source of unhappiness for some people. So there you have it. Now, if you ruminate, brood, negative think, catastrophize, all that stuff, that just can't feel good. That's like, that's a major bummer. So you want to put learning to control your mind on your list. Just like hopefully you want to make sure that you have rational thinking. Why would you want to walk around life with a warped view or an inaccurate view of life? You wouldn't if you knew that that was possible. All right. The next area that is a big contributor to people feeling unhappy is not having boundaries. This is a common issue. One of the reasons it's common is because many people grow up in families where either the family doesn't have boundaries or the family doesn't have healthy boundaries. So you don't see it growing up because it's not there so that it's not modeled for you. So you grow up not having boundaries or not having healthy boundaries. And this is something I I just did a podcast about boundaries, it's really wildly helpful. Boundaries, by the way, are the limits uh, that define how you live life, where you'll go, where you won't go, what you will do, what you won't do, etc. There's all kinds of boundaries, which I cover in that podcast. But it's very helpful to have boundaries. And one reason why not having boundaries leaves people unhappy is because it leaves them exposed to being used or exploited or doing things that doesn't make them happy. I mean, people are very clear. People in my circle are very clear. I don't do things that make me unhappy. I don't do, there are just things I don't do because it makes me unhappy. And I have very clear boundaries. So it makes people it's easier for people to relate to me because they know I'm very clear about what I'll do, what I won't do, what makes me happy. So not having boundaries or not having healthy boundaries is one source of unhappiness for many people. The next category is being in a domestic abuse situation. Well, of course, if you were in a domestic abuse situation, whether it was a relationship or a marriage, you would be left feeling unhappy because you were being abused. Now the commonality of this is, according to the domestic abuse and violence websites, 25% of American women and 11% of American men will end up having violence at the hands of an intimate partner. That's violence. I'm talking about abuse separate from the violence. So we have a lot of people, way higher than 25% or 11%, that are being emotionally abused without the violence. Of course, that would be terrible. You would be very unhappy. So this is extremely common, and we're not talking about it, but this could be why you're feeling unhappy, and that would be reasonable. Now, I do have some podcasts 
that will help you if you're in a domestic abuse situation. You can escape it eventually. You have to be careful. Some of these people are very dangerous. I also I have a podcast about dangerous people. So that could be a reason. And it's a common reason. But it's not a common reason that people are going to confess to. Like People who are in domestic abuse situations don't normally confess. Oh, my partner or my spouse is abusive. They don't normally confess to that or admit to that. Even when people have suspicions or they have conjecture about what's going on, it's just not something we're openly talking about. So if you're in a domestic abuse situation, you know, hang in there. Hopefully you will get some support and make an escape plan. And this is not going to be your future for the rest of your life. But it's common. It's extremely common. Now, the next category is what I'm calling unresolved painful events, traumas, and mistakes. I just did a podcast about making mistakes and getting it wrong. And the reason I did that podcast is because many times people will make a mistake or get something wrong or it's done to them. And then they carry it around unresolved without peace. They have no peace about it. And mistakes are something you can come to terms with and have peace, whether it was done to you or you made the mistake. But this is an area that is a source of unhappiness for some people because they haven't made peace with their past. Some past thing that happened to them or some past mistake they made or getting it wrong. So mistakes and getting it wrong is one area. And then there's like painful events, which could be, that's a huge Pandora's box of categories, uh, painful events. But the thing is, if you don't deal with your emotions, if you don't manage and process them, they don't go away. They don't magically float away up to the sky. What happens if you don't manage and process your emotions is they, they know this from the research, by the way, it's fascinating that the unprocessed emotions lay in your subconscious and unconscious mind. They lay in wait. Sometimes they will later explode. So when you have a painful event, you know, you want to deal with those emotions so you're not dragging it around with you. Now, sometimes when I work with someone and we're trying to sort out, like, why are they unhappy? It's some event from a long time ago. They made up some meaning about it or some story or some decision about themselves. And it's just not on the surface. But then when we look, oh, yeah, look, this was a very painful event. And yes, I, I never dealt with it. So traumas, there's all kinds of things that fall into this unresolved. There's no peace that you want to make peace with. So that's another big category why people are unhappy. The next category is attitudes and beliefs in life. Now this is something that's often stealth. So it's below the surface. Many times people are not aware that they have an attitude or belief that's contributing to them being mildly unhappy or deeply unhappy. So an example of a belief that would probably make you feel unhappy is my life never works out or people are out to get me. What you can see, if you believed that people are out to get you, that, that would not feel good. 
That's not going to make anybody happy. That's a terrible thought. That's a terrible belief or attitude, just like my life never works out. And I, I do know people who've had those exact beliefs. So if you have a disempowering attitude or belief, that can greatly contribute to you feeling unhappy. But it's not like we walk around in society saying, oh, what are your attitudes and beliefs in life? Like we don't typically do that. Now, apparently I was, <laughs> apparently I was doing that in the seventh and eighth grade as one of my classmates wrote in my yearbook in seventh grade and eighth grade, and I am not a defeatist. So I was talking to a classmate about their defeatist attitude in seventh and eighth grade, and they had to, you know, write in my yearbook, I am not defeatist, underline, 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 exclamation point. So, but it's not typically what we walk around talking about in life. So you want to have empowering attitudes and beliefs. And I have a podcast that will help you sort that out. But sometimes like people don't really recognize, oh yeah, that I, I kind of do, I do have that belief. Oh wow. So that's another source. Now the next source is what I call not feeling well loved. Now I did a YouTube video some time ago called Be Well Loved. And I have to tell you, as I was talking to people after I had the video up, I was really heartbroken and, and shocked at the number of people who said to me flat out, oh, well, I haven't been well loved in life. And the more I've talked to people, the more common it, it's occurring. And if you look at what I was talking about earlier with dysfunctional families and sibling maltreatment, is it any wonder that people would not feel well loved? Because if you're not feeling the love, love and affection growing up, well, when would you feel it? Well, it's hard to say when you would feel it, but I, I have to say, that I'm, by the way, when I say be well loved, I'm not necessarily, I'm not specifically talking about romantic love. I'm talking about be well loved in general, just be loved by people, kind of like in the, um, in the Velveteen Rabbit, you know, the rabbit in the story just, you know, gets all loved up and then becomes real. So there are people who can't receive love because they, they have been so wounded and this is another area, this whole idea of being loved by friends and family or whomever is a source for some people being unhappy, you know, so that's, that's it. And, oh, by the way, I have to say about this being well loved thing. Um, so there's this wonderful idea of neuroplasticity of the brain, which is basically you can change your brain wiring. It's like amazing. It's so cool. It's dec It's been around for decades, people. Even if you've never heard the term neuroplasticity of the brain, this is not a this is not a new field. And there's a a woman researcher, Marion Diamond, uh, who they consider to be the mother of neuroplasticity as opposed to the father. And she had her researchers do an experiment where they took the rats out of the cages and just kind of gently petted them and said loving, sweet things to them. They basically gave them tender, loving care, TLC. 
And as a result, so what they were studying, because she was studying neuroplasticity of the brain, is they were studying, did that have an impact on the neuroplasticity of the rats? Well, yes, there were gains in neuroplasticity of the brains of the rats, and they lived 50% longer. So that speaks very powerfully to the power of love. And the neuroplasticity piece talks about or addresses really that you can develop new ways of thinking, new ways of living, change your temperament, change anything with intentional actions over time because that's already been proven. It's been proven that your brain can grow and change with the proper stimuli actions or whatnot. All right, so the next last category of where people, a source for unhappiness is when people are dealing with issues and problems in life or the people that you love. So sometimes it's an issue and problem in your life and sometimes it's not your problem but an issue or problem that someone you care about or someone you love has. Now the reason that this is a source for unhappiness for, for so many people is because we have a reasonable number of people who are what we call minimizers and minimizers tend to diminish the size or scope or significance of a problem they do literally what the name implies they minimize the problem or issue that aspect being a minimizer minimizing your problems or issues is not very helpful in most cases in most cases, if you have an issue or a problem, what's wildly helpful is to dig in and deal with the issue or problem. Because oftentimes problems become worse and get exacerbated if you don't deal with them. So one of the areas of unhappiness for some people, for a fair amount of people, is because they have issues or challenges and they might be in denial. They might not be a minimizer, they just might be in denial. Or they could have just grown up in a family where you don't deal with problems, so they really don't have problem-solving skills. But it's important for you to understand that this could be a source for your unhappiness. And so you want to look and see, is this why you're unhappy? Are you having life challenges or, or are there things that you should deal with that you're not dealing with? So that kind of gives you the overall of major, major areas where sources for unhappiness. And now I'm going to talk to you about the good news as there is a ton of good news. So one of the good news pieces is whether you figure out why you're unhappy or not, like you could figure out why you're unhappy, which would could be valuable, or you might not know, or it might be too painful to face. That's okay too. Like you want to have wherever you are be okay. If it's too painful for you to face that you didn't have a good mother or a good father, which by the way, I did a podcast about that, and it is going to be too painful for some people to face. You want to have wherever you are be okay. You don't need to pile on yourself and make yourself wrong if you can't admit that you didn't have a nice family growing up or you still don't have a nice family. Like that's not helpful. So the good news here is that you can take advantage of your unhappiness and move to happiness using what's called post-traumatic growth. That's a new term. Well, it's not new. It's decades old. I don't know, 40 some decades, 40 years, whatever. 
but it's been done since the beginning of time. And what that is, post-traumatic growth is when you use a problem or a sadness or a loss or painful or being unhappy and you use it to your advantage. You use, say, being unhappy to become a better version of yourself. And as a result, life becomes richer and more rewarding. Now, back in the old days, they didn't have flow charts and diagrams and understand this whole idea of using pain to your advantage or using being unhappy to your advantage. And we didn't have the term post-traumatic growth, but it's been done since the beginning of time. It's been written about since the beginning of time. So this is not a new idea. It might be a new term for you or it might be a new idea for you, but you can use the fact that you are unhappy whether you know why or not, whether you can face something or not, you can use the fact that you are unhappy as a springboard. You can make a decision. I'm going to, I'm unhappy. I'm going to use my unhappiness. I'm going to use the fact that I am unhappy to become a better version of myself. And you put yourself on a path for growth and development. So, that's the good news, people. Like the good news is, look, I mean, before I knew the term post-traumatic growth, all of my life I was calling it use emotional pain to your advantage. Because why would you not want to do that? Pain is pain is pain is pain. If you can like get some goodies or some benefit out of pain, I'm all in for that. I don't know why. No, just let me have the pain. I don't want any benefits. No, you want the benefits, so go get them. So the next pieces of this podcast are really to help you move away from unhappiness. And we've addressed all these different sources and all these very significant, there's very significant and valid reasons why many people are unhappy, whether they can face it or not. So one of the things you when you want to, hopefully you're going to say, yes, I want to become a better version of myself. I want to use post-traumatic growth to my advantage. I want to have this amazing life. I want to move away from being unhappy. So the next piece is you're going to start to create your life. Like what if you could create your life to be anything? Well, I'm telling you, you can create your life to be anything. And I do, I do have a pod, I have a podcast about that too. I mean, you have to believe it. You know, there's a whole bunch of pieces. You can't just, this is not magical thinking. I'm not a fan of magical thinking in any way. Just like I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I mean, I'm, I, I support positive thinking, but positive thinking typically doesn't solve any problems. You want to have, you want to go much deeper into optimism as opposed to positive thinking. So I'm definitely not a fan of magical thinking at all. So creating your life is when you get in the driver's seat and you start to set goals and you start to think, hmm, what would I like to have in my life? And while you're doing that, you might have to address some issues. Like if you're a negative thinker who ruminates, broods, overthinks, etc., you might have to deal with that. Now you could, you know, create this amazing life and not deal with it, but you might want to think, hmm. And of course, I'm a fan of fun. People like life is so hard. Why would you not want to have fun? I don't, I don't understand that because you should see me. I'm like, I'm laughing all the time, people. I mean, and yes, even at work, you can have fun at work. So you want to start creating your life. 
that's a podcast that will help you, but you want to put yourself in the driver's seat. You're going to take advantage of post-traumatic growth. You're going to become a better version of yourself, and you're going to start creating your life to be what you want. Forget what you've had up to this point. Forget everything you've had, or you can keep the good stuff, but you want to start creating your life. Like really create it. Now, this is a hard piece for some people because their life has been so hard or they've had so much pain and so much suffering, they can't imagine creating their life. They can't imagine climbing over the back seat into the front seat of the car and driving. And if that's where you're at, don't make yourself wrong for that. You just want to look at, well, that's the future for me. In the future, I'll, I'll get to that place where I can do that. The next piece that's going to be very helpful for you in dealing with unhappiness is this concept, this concept I call generating your own happiness. How most people do happiness is they're happy when they have the right partner, when they have the right job, when they live in the right house, or when they have the right children, or when they have the right amount of money in the bank, or when they're the right weight, or when they're, you know, like most people are happy when their circumstances match up to what they expect or want. I'm talking about being able to be happy separate from your circumstances, which is not how people do happiness. So this is a very, very, very powerful concept. I want to tell you, you want to start to break apart your attachment to feeling happy with an outcome or circumstances. And I have, I have a podcast on it. I have a YouTube video on it. I, I've written about it. I have a three part podcast series on a crash course in happiness that will help you that lays out different foundational pieces for happiness but you want to start noticing so right now if you're unhappy are you unhappy because of your circumstances are you unhappy because you're single or you're in a bad marriage or you're you know like what why are you unhappy okay well let's let's you know separate this out because you can learn to be happy with horrible circumstances. I'm, I'm the queen of happiness and I've had the worst circumstances ever. We can't even talk about some of the things that have happened to me. So you want to learn to generate your own happiness. That's, that's a piece there. All right. The next piece is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is, is a broad term for many components, one of them self-awareness, self-regulation, you know, there's a, a, several pieces to it, but here's the thing, you know, unhappy, being unhappy is an emotion, and being happy is an emotion, and you can learn skills to help you move in a nanosecond, on, in, a, in a split second, from being unhappy to happy. So, this is something you have to learn, though, because we're not teaching people emotional skills. We are not teaching people to flip the switch on their emotions, which is, by the way, what I call it, because it seems like it makes sense to me. We're not sure. It's, it seems like I might have made up that term, but it really fits where you're going to flip the switch on your emotions and you're going to, if you notice you're feeling unhappy, you're going to go take an intentional action that's designed to boost your mood. Now, if you're generally unhappy about a lot of stuff, you're going to need to do more than flipping the switch. But flipping the switch is a technique to train your brain. Give yourself a break and train your brain 
to, you know, move from one emotion to the next. So that's flipping the switch on your emotion, by the way, is very powerful. Uh, I work, all the people I work with learn that. I mean, you can do it at work. You can do it anywhere. Um, I've written about it on newsweek.com. Several of my podcasts are going to help you. But when you're feeling unhappy, growing your emotional abilities is one of the best things that you could possibly do. It's, it's great when you're not unhappy. Like having emotional intelligence is like having your emotions be a superpower, like a superpower bar none. So the next, so the next piece of this podcast is just some overall suggestions for you in addition to what I've already said to help you move from being unhappy to being happy. So the first one is you've got to commit. You've got to be all in. I mean, there are some people, hopefully not you, hopefully this doesn't apply to you, who are the martyrs or the victims, and they're never going to be happy, and they don't actually want to be happy because they have this persona or this mentality or this trait of being the martyr or being the victim. That's not for you. I mean, if that's you, you can keep it. Like, you can do life however you want to do life. I have no skin in the game for how you do life. But if you're not going to be the victim or the martyr, which I hope you're not, then you want to be all in. Like, why not be happy? Why not have an amazing life? Why not have love? Why not have everything? Well, why not? Well, that's your decision. But my first recommendation is that you be all in. No namby-pamby half-heartedness. I mean, when you're namby-pamby half-hearted, you get namby-pamby results, half-hearted results. That's not for you. Of course, I'm kind of very results-oriented, but anyway. So my next suggestion is that you decide, yes, I am going to take advantage of post-traumatic growth and become a better version of myself because I'd love to have life be richer and more rewarding. That means... You're going to get on the road to personal growth and development. Personal growth and development is how you become a better version of yourself. There are lots of ways to grow and learn, and they're all fabulous. It's not like some bad thing. And while you're on the road to growth and development, my first, my my strongest recommendation is you immediately implement a reward system. People don't like change. People run from change. They flee from change. They want to stay in their comfort zone. Have a reward system to keep you on track because you want to keep growing and developing until you have this amazing life that is so wonderful. You go, pinch me, pinch me, is this my life? Well, or you could do something else, but have a reward system. I do have a podcast about that. I have a YouTube video about it. I have a Newsweek article about it. And you're going to set some goals. Well, clearly, I've already given you a whole bunch of goals already in this podcast. But what we know from setting goals and getting to work on them is they help people be happier. Yes, that's in the research. Setting goals and then taking the actions towards those goals will help you be happier. My next suggestion is that you take people with you. I don't care if it's one person, one coworker, one neighbor, one family member, one of your kids, your spouse, your partner, like your best friend. I don't care who you take. The more the mayor, I'm the more the merrier. Okay. I'm definitely the more the merrier, but you want to take someone with you or people with you and make it like the most memorable, fun time any of you've ever had. Create a name, 
create this delicious journey. Listen, I have coached people through this. <laughs> Last year I had some ladies and um, they were actually strangers that we got talking one night out and, uh, and I gave them some ideas. They were dealing with the problem and I gave them some ideas and I said, look, this is what you want to do, blah, 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 blah. And they just like ate it up. I saw them uh, the next day out somewhere else. And I said, oh, my God. I mean, I was surprised to run into them again. And I said, whoa, like, do you have any thoughts about what we talked about last night? They were like, oh, yes, we're kind of glad we ran into you because um, we've got a name. We're, we're, we're now a team. And, and they were all very animated and excited because they were dealing with a problem. And I happened to overhear something and I kind of invited myself into their conversation and they were grateful. So now they had this whole new future about dealing with this painful problem that one of them had. Actually, I think two of them might have had the problem. But in any case, now they had a team. They had some ideas. They were going to make it fun. They were creating a name. Like, you really could make this the most remarkable, rich, amazing, and fun adventure if you wanted to. It's just we're not talking about that. So do that. Make sure you make it fun. Get a team. Now, the next thing I'm going to recommend, because I love it, is, is kind of already said it, but you've got to make it fun and playful. Well, hopefully you want to make your whole life fun and playful. Listen, I have a podcast about being playful and having fun because, yes, I do this at work, people. I don't, like, have this fun, playful personality that I turn off at work. No. No, mm -mm, no, it goes with me everywhere because that's who I am. And so that podcast might make you raise your eyebrows and go, oh my gosh, who is this woman? But yes, you want to make life fun and playful. Why not? Not just the journey of growth and development. Make your whole life fun and playful. My next suggestion is that you sort yourself out. So hopefully you're going to create this team, even if it's just your best friend or some coworker, or your neighbor, whatever, uh, even if it's just the two of you, but you're going to get this little team and then you're going to sort yourselves out. Like, do you have boundaries? Are you thinking rationally? Are you engaging in thinking patterns that are kind of shooting yourself in the foot instead of helping you? Where's your self-esteem at? Like, sort yourself out. You can do that with the team. That would be the perfect activity over, you know, dinner or breakfast or, you know, whatever. And start talking about this. Start talking about, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know what boundaries were. I never heard of boundaries. Well, guess what? You would be perfectly normal if you didn't know what boundaries were. That would be perfectly normal. It would be perfectly normal if you didn't know whether you thought rationally or irrationally. All that stuff is normal because we're not talking about this stuff. So sort yourself out. Next, oh, and by the way, if you think you're great at your emotions, I want to just gently suggest you could be an emotional reasoner because I have met people who have told me, oh, they have high emotional intelligence, which was not true. What they were was emotional reasoners. Emotional reasoners are people who use their emotions as if their emotions are facts. And then they use their emotions to think, like they use it to as logic. And emotions are not, you have a fact about what you're unhappy, that might be a fact, that's not how you logically think. That's not rational. So if you're an emotional reasoner and you use emotions to reason, 
that is a form of irrational thinking. It's a cognitive distortion. So I just want to make that clear because I, I've, I've looked at some people and thought, oh my heavens, you think you're, you think you're, have high emotional intelligence. No, you're an emotional reasoner. So the next suggestion I have is to immediately start boosting your self-care. We in the world and society, we're not that great at taking care of ourselves, at least in America, we're pretty bad at it. So boost your self-care, you'll feel better, you'll feel like so much better. And I have a whole podcast about that, as well as I have this podcast, well, it's called Self-Care and Self-Compassion, which is my next suggestion that you tame your inner critic. Your inner critic is very nasty, not helpful, not nice, and you can tame it. And I do recommend that. I certainly also recommend you start to build your emotional intelligence by learning to generate your own happiness, by beginning to develop a vocabulary that's more expansive on emotions than just the top 10 words that we use. I mean, in society, we have like a vocabulary of like 10 emotional words for, you know, we're happy, we're sad, we're upset, we're depressed. I mean, like it's sad. It's very sad. So emotions, though, if you grow them and you get to work on identification and increasing your vocabulary and emotional regulation, learning to regulate, and you've got to learn to process and manage them. I know it seems like a lot, but you can do this, people. You can do this. I know you can. Emotions can then become a superpower. So think of Spider-Man or Batman or whoever, whoever your favorite superhero is. When Spider-Man learns he has webbing, first of all, he's like shocked. But secondly, he has to learn how to start and stop the webbing from shooting and, and you know, like he has to learn how to control it. It doesn't come with instructions. So emotions, you have to learn. You have to learn how to use them in every way. My next suggestion is that you make sure you are well loved in life. Like I really want everyone to be well loved. That's what I want for everyone. That and happiness and being healthy. But be well loved. Put that on your list. Whether you feel like you have or not, why not? What What else is there in life? I don't know what could be more valuable than giving and receiving love and knowing that you're well loved. Well, like I make it a point for people in my life to know I love them. Like I, they matter and I really love them. So make being well loved your number one goal. And my last suggestion is that, you know, you start to deal with any issues or problems that you have. Like, you don't need to be ashamed or embarrassed. If you've got a problem, start to deal with it. Make, make an action plan. So those are my top suggestions on top of what I've already said. So here's your takeaways. It's time to recognize that being unhappy is extremely common. In fact, it's a pervasive feeling in society and in the world for many, many good reasons. I hopefully have made that clear. And the second takeaway is that you can use your unhappiness, you can use feeling unhappy as a springboard for an entirely different life. Whether you deal with painful things, whether you face certain things or not, you can still use being unhappy as a springboard. And last takeaway is you want to build a team and make a rich and amazing journey out of becoming a better version of yourself. 
like make it fun and playful with lots of prizes and rewards and oh my gosh you get theme parties oh yes let's do it my call to action is share this podcast with people that you care about who are unhappy because people are suffering people are suffering deeply and they don't know why people are suffering and they don't know what to do where to go where to begin where to start so share this podcast with people you care about and on social media that's it I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 104, Why Am I So Unhappy? I hope you're going to have some compassion for yourself and you've gotten some good insights on where you can go with dealing with being unhappy so you can move to happiness. If you enjoyed this podcast, well, I hope you're going to subscribe so you get the new ones automatically because, of course, you would not want to miss one. Share this podcast on social media. Connect with me on my website to enter my giveaway. Hang in there for now. You got this. I love you. That's it.